This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, you are listening to Craytrix Culture. I am your host, Sarah Wolf, and today we have a couple fun things. We're on the infamous land that we talk about so much, and we're with another person from the land and the tribe. So this is Liza Simone Wolf, and we actually have had an interesting six degrees of separation for longer than we've met for like over a decade. (laughs) And Liza is our resident earth alchemist, herbologist, and a lover of plants and what I call her a green witch. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So she's brought a lot to the land and a lot to the table and a lot Mm -hmm. to our lives. So I actually worked with her brother back in like 2006, 2007, and one of her long best friends and I lived with her brother for like a month. Surprise. Because <laughs> I needed somewhere to stay. <laughs> and then when I landed here on the land, and she landed here on the land, uh, we somehow connected all the dots. I think through Facebook and having people in common. Yeah, I think it was something that popped up. Actually, it popped up in conversation also mm-hmm. because we have these best friends, sister friends who Sarah worked with. One of them, Sister Allison. And um, it just popped up. I think that there was a mutual friend, and then I talked to our sister friend, Amma, and she was like, yeah, they are all connected. And then when we came back together here, mm-hmm. we figured out that she actually lived with my brother for a hot minute back yeah. in the day. And it's really like, this is really our first time really knowing each other. Yeah. Like, I think maybe there might have been, like, a moment out at the club mm-hmm. where we, like, crossed paths, but this yeah. is our dropping our coming in together. In this lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. In this lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> so, we've been talking about doing this podcast for a little bit, but logistically, it just hasn't really kind of worked out. Yeah. And I never really wanted to do this after being a couple days on the land because I become a like raisin by the end and I'm so tired <laughs> that I look really haggard. Yeah, so the, I didn't really desert. Like a... the desert <gasps> does that. And then I get like a little crabby because I haven't slept. So I'm like recording, even just recording if we didn't do video and or um, doing video. It's like no one wants to see that. And then... <laughs> I just have a really hard time sleeping here. So today I'm, I'm not even staying here per se. I'm just passing through. So it was yes. like a perfect day for us to. Yes drop in and the internet sucks here so we didn't want to do it like through zoom because that would have been a long show to try to you know like (laughs) frozen (laughs) right (laughs) I held up for like one second too long (laughs) but I also really prefer being together yeah like I really prefer the ability to to vibe and to connect and to mm-hmm. just be present together and not you know we're doing this digitally in some form but it's still 
so different when we can be in the same space. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's a lot more fun and energetic. So before we came on here, we're as funny because I talk about how we always do this. We have like really great long conversations about what we're going to talk about. And I'm like, we really should just be recording because I'm like, you know, you're going to have to say that all over again. Right. But I initially said to her, I was talking to her about horticulture and then she brought up permaculture and what was the other one? Like monoculture? I would love, like, I just, she started really explaining the cultures, Mm. and I thought that was really interesting, because I actually realized I never knew, Mm. I never knew of a monoculture, Yeah, and I really didn't know the difference between, I'd heard of, obviously, horticulture and permaculture, but never knew the difference, so why don't we just take it away from there, and we can just, we have a lot of fun things, we have some oils here in the space, Mm -hmm. we have some sage, she's going to tell you and show you how to properly sage, and we have some stuff from her garden that she's growing yeah. so we're just gonna like flow and learn stuff yeah. from Liza because she has a wealth plants. of all the knowledge yes 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 so as a lover of plants and all things of the natural world what Sarah was talking about is this distinction of what is a monoculture which is a single culture so culture derived from cultivation is all about how we grow and we cultivate so monoculture means one culture so that's like where you see you know fields and fields of corn and fields and fields of wheat and just like growing one thing and the general model of farming on an industrial scale really focuses on that because it's focusing on high yield and like how do we get the most of this one product out of this space and that has a whole world of implications on our ecosystems and our actually and on our our bodies as well and then permaculture translates to permanent culture so permaculture has become more well known in the last 20-30 years and it's essentially really a philosophy so Mm. it's more of a philosophy and a way of life like it's it's something that once you step into the realm of permaculture and you're really diving into understanding the relationships between people and plants animals ecosystems and this notion of biodiversity which is essentially having a very wide variety of plants growing in small spaces mm. and just like people need to be in communication plants really love being in communication too so certain things grow better when they're grown next to other things certain plants like calendula or marigolds will help to actually keep certain pests away from other plants there's a lot of different ways to to do it but basically permaculture is a a way of life and it's a philosophy that Um, really just speaks to my heart because it really talks about these relationships between us as caregivers and cultivators and the plants with one another and also this idea that we can create and regenerate the landscape and take what is infertile and make it fertile again and like really enrich our soils and enrich our gardens and then in turn enrich ourselves in mm-hmm. the process not just through the enriching nourishing experience of growing and and being a gardener but also the food itself is more nutrient dense the herbs are more vibrant and so it's like 
creating these permanent ecosystems. So in the past, um, when we still lived in Los Angeles, we had turned our backyard and our front yard into a food forest wow. and the entire property, like every place that we could be growing plants, we were growing plants. And it was, you know, culinary herbs, medicinal herbs, fruit trees, veggies from, you know, tomatoes, zucchinis, potatoes, like all of everything we could grow. And we were growing it like really high volume in a very small space. And over time, what happened is the soil that was like literally nothing, mm -hmm. like nothing was growing it was compacted it was just like like dead mm -hmm. earth like nothing became this like rich vibrant alive system and through the approach of permaculture and creating a landscape that allowed everything to thrive together we had started to have like not have to water as much mm. we actually we were using less water to grow that much food than like the neighbor up the street with their lawn. Wow. And we were recycling water and all those things are kind of, you know, things you get into along the way. Mm -hmm. But essentially we were like urban farmers in the middle of the city and it was just full of life. And the birds came back and the insects came back and we had this I mean, I grew up in L.A., and I saw, literally, like, I saw bugs I had never seen in my whole life. Wow. Like, I saw all this life that was just drawn to the space. Mm -hmm. So we were, you know, in, in permaculture, mm -hmm. it's like, you're not just feeding yourself or the garden. It's like, then the garden begins to, like, feed the system. Wow. And then all of this life comes back into this harmonious and balanced dance. And that's something you don't see... In, in a city, in a, in a city in general, but it's also something you don't see in a monoculture or in like a traditional kind of modern farm context. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're actually trying to push all of that out so that they don't damage the plants and you know, so things don't the, look perfect. So things don't look perfect exactly, and I'll, you know, leave the whole pesticide conversation out. But we <laughs> that'll be another day. That's another conversation. Yeah. But we did all of that organically. We did all of it with, like, barely any money at all. We just found resources. We were taking, like, clippings from our neighbors when they'd cut their lawn or trim their trees. And there was free mulch from the city and free compost from the city. Mm. And we literally, we just had this dream and this vision. And we were like, let's do it here. Let's start here. What part of the city did you live in? We yeah. lived in straight up L.A., like right off the 10 freeway oh, wow. and La Brea. Oh, wow. So we okay, were yeah, like were in it. right in the middle of Babylon. Like yeah. there was nothing around us that was it's pretty dense anything there. like what we were doing. Yeah. And we, you know, my husband and I, at that point, we weren't married, but we had this dream and this vision of like a farm and growing food and this resilience and self-sufficiency was really important to us. And we had this dream and vision that we were like, okay, one day when we have the money and we can buy the land. And then we just realized that, like, what are we waiting for? Mm -hmm. Like, we're right here. Let's do what we can with what we have. Right. And I had, like, a $50 gift card for Amazon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I found, like, some non-GMO organic heirloom seed variety package and I just like bought all these seeds and 
that's what we started with. Like, literally, like, 50 bucks and a bunch of what would be viewed as junk Mm -hmm. in the garage, like, old scraps of wood and things that were just, like, material. Mm -hmm. And uh, my husband just looked at it one day and was like, this isn't trash, this is supply. And he started to just build these spaces and create the beds, and we started just doing it. and, And it just blossomed from there and even now we don't live there anymore but an old neighbor sent me a picture a couple of months ago and the garden is still blooming wow. and blossoming and the rosemary and the lavender and all of the herbs that we planted and the fruit trees and like there's still sunflowers popping up on their own and just all this life that's still growing because we created it in this permanent permaculture way so -hmm. that the garden feeds itself Mm -hmm. and it doesn't require a lot of input to thrive that's amazing yeah so that's a little bit what you've been doing out here because we're in the desert we're in joshua tree and you've lived here now a year and how long a year and a half a year and a half yeah and you and your husband have really started a lot of projects around this land Mm -hmm. and i saw where you moved the chicken coop Mm -hmm. And I saw, I didn't really peek in because mm. Maylee and I were more worried about this garbage can that she was barking at that was <laughs> blowing around that we had to, and the ground was really hot, so we didn't spend <laughs> a lot of time out there. But around some hay bales mm-hmm. in the middle, I saw a lot of greenery yeah. and the chicken coop has been moved. Mm-hmm. So you've kind of started to do this on like the most barren land here. Yeah. There's like nothing here but dead stuff (laughs) it's pretty crunchy out here hence why I look like a raisin by the time I leave it's just like I aged like a hundred years yeah well the there's this energy that flows in me that it's almost like I don't want to say it's a compulsion because I feel like that's not the The most beautiful way to describe Mm -hmm. it it's almost like a necessity to like grow. Like a compulsion without the negative connotation. Yes, it's like, like I like, am so called. Your purpose. It's your purpose. Yes, yeah, it's my purpose, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, the. it's so deep in me, this desire of reciprocity with plants and with growing and giving life. And it's like, I give life and they give me life. And it's like this beautiful dance. And mm-hmm. so... At this point, like, no matter where I live, I'm going to grow stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, no matter where, no matter even if it's just, like, two little pots on the windowsill in, like, the smallest space pot, like, I just, I love it so much. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's nourishes me in so many ways. So, yeah, we're in the middle of the desert. We're, you know, half an hour from Joshua Tree. This is a very barren, like, rugged landscape with very little rain and... You know, when you look out onto the land, you don't necessarily think, oh, I'm going to grow a bunch of food and herbs and, like, bring the green because it doesn't necessarily offer you the foundation for that. But Mm -hmm. because of the experience we've had, I know you can grow anywhere. You can grow almost anything, not everything. You can grow something anywhere. Mm. And so knowing these principles, again, going back to permaculture, of how to make the most of your resources. And one of the things that we practice is looking at 
what is there an abundance of? So no matter where you live, there's an abundance of something. So here, sand, sand, right? There's an abundance of this sand. Abundance of sand. <laughs> there's an abundance of sun. Mm-hmm. There's an abundance of wind, mm-hmm. which is air. And there's an abundance of open space. So what do you do with that, right? So we look at like an elemental, there's always this kind of elemental conversation and and everything from our bodies as ecosystems and our gardens as ecosystems, you always want to look at your elements, your earth, your air, your fire, and your water, fire being sun, right? So a lot of people will build their garden beds using wood Mm -hmm. um, or using, um, yeah, wood. Or like tree scraps or mul- what we call mulch, which is just like leaves and branches and like a bunch of broken down organic material. And out here, there's not a lot of trees. There's not a lot of wood. Wood's very expensive. So we're like, well, we have a ton of sand. Mm-hmm. So we bought sandbags. And more? As- you bought more? No, we just bought the bags. Oh, okay. <laughs> we didn't buy bags of buy sand. More, more, <laughs> you bought more sand. We have enough of that. We could actually be like a sand farm it if could we be, wanted yeah. to. Could just be selling sand. Yeah. We so we bought sandbags to create our borders for mm-hmm. our growing beds because that was like, well, there's an abundance of sand, so we just bought the bags and we filled the bags to make like edges so we could build these spaces to hold water and to grow the plants inside of. And I actually brought some plants from my previous garden. So mm. there's a whole world of ways you can replicate from what you're growing already, which is probably a whole podcast in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had some of our mother plants and some of our plants that we have deep relationships with that we've been growing actually for a number of years, some of which actually came from L.A. Mm. So we went from L.A. to a ranch where we lived for a year to here and actually brought some of those plants with us. And yeah, we just, we were like, let's do it. It's the desert. It's kind of an experiment. And it's also a really great way to explore what's possible because it doesn't look like the kind of place you would start a garden. Mm -hmm. So what Sarah was talking about is um, our potato patch. So that Mm. whole area is potato. Okay. So what we did, once we got the garden going... You know, we have a ton of sun, so we looked for where is there natural shade structures on the property. And also, whenever you start a garden, you want it to be as close as possible to where you live and to, like, where you move around the most. Okay. Because you want it to be really close by so you can keep an eye on it for, like, the practical reasons. But also, it's called zone one. So when you're, like, creating this plan there's different zones for things based on like level of interaction Mm. so zone one for us was like right outside our door there were a couple fruit trees that had already been planted that were just asleep with nothing (laughs) nothing going on and then there was this kind of structure in the center where the jacuzzi is on the property and it has these retaining walls around it and those walls actually create natural shade elements based on you know how the sun moves so we were like okay let's build it right where we are and the other part is then you really get to enjoy it more because it's like then I walk outside and I'm like hello basil hello lavender like hello sage like Mm -hmm. and I get to like be with my friends 
more often because mm-hmm. it's close. You know, if you put it really far away, you kind of don't pay attention. Out of sight, out of mind yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Exactly. So we started just, you know, where life is with this philosophy that kind of guides our creations, um, doing what you can with what you have, and then observing the elements and how everything comes together. We started with where the life already was, which was where these fruit trees were. And then we started just creating more water retention and more, basically bringing in more nourishment for the life that was already here. And we don't have trees, so we went with straw, like straw and hay. Mm -hmm. And there's a, you know, a place not far from here where you can get big hails, hails, (laughs) big Big. hails of bay. Yes. Hails of bay. Great. Bales of hay, mm-hmm. and we just started using that to cover and to like keep things like moist, basically. And then we got chickens last summer, mm-hmm. so a big part of something that we're really passionate about is composting. And you know, again, just creating these cycles of life of like, I eat this food, and I have these food scraps, and these food scraps can go back into building more earth. And then we grow through that earth, and then we eat the food, and then it's like this beautiful cycle. Um, so we got chickens because they are the ultimate composters. Mm. So out here in the desert, it's really hard to keep things moist and keep things at like a relatively consistent temperature, which is something that's important if you're building compost. So we use the chickens basically to compost all of our food scraps and there's a lot of, you know, community here and events and people coming so it's a much faster system and then the chickens create fertility. Mm. So what we did is we built the chicken coop in one spot so we could move it and we had them there tilling the soil, mm-hmm. eating the scraps, doing their poop dance, making fertility. And then we moved that to a new spot, and where they were before, we built a growing space. So now we have, like, a huge potato patch, and mm-hmm. we're close to harvesting, so Ooh. we're going to have a potato party soon, which fun. is fun and yeah. exciting. And, um, you know, just experimenting with what's possible and just doing it, and yeah. You've had a lot, you've had a few things that didn't thrive or like the experiment didn't work out. What were a couple of those Mm -hmm. things that happened? So some of the things are the more delicate things, um, that don't have the strength to withstand the wind. Mm. Um, so that was a big thing. Like some, um, some of like the lettuces and we were trying to do things like even growing them in the shade. So they weren't getting as baked by the sun but sometimes the wind just comes in and it's so strong that so those wicked. like delicate leaves just mm-hmm. you know and it's get. not like it even just comes from like one way all the time it's like no, this it's... way's blowing and then that way's blowing yeah. so you can't even put it somewhere right. where it's not gonna right you right build a big wall if the mm-hmm. wind only blew mm-hmm. like from east to west or west right. to east or something right. yeah yeah so what we what we found in this kind of context is that what really grows and thrives are are like hardy, strong perennials, meaning things that grow continuously mm. and have a lot of strength. So I'll bring them up because I feel like we're talking plants now. Yeah, and we, so, she really wanted to feature these beautiful babies of hers. So herbs, medicinal herbs, culinary herbs. We have some magical lavender here. We have um, some oregano 
We have white sage flower. I've got some anise hyssop, some lemon verbena, which is one of my favorites. You gotta smell this girl. Mm. I gave a little rub. Mmm. Right? That's some, you know those little lemon candies? They kind of have like a little mm. tiny bit of sugar on the outside mm -hmm. and they look like a lemon shape? Mm -hmm. That's what that smells like. Yes. Is the taste of those candies. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. Amazing. I want to take a bath in that. <laughs> you can actually take a bath in that. Yeah. You yeah. could like brew a tea. Mm-hmm. With it, and then pour it pour in it. your bath Ooh. water, and you can actually bathe in them. Then we've got some perennial basil, which is an African blue basil. Got some catnip in there, and what else did I pick? And then these guys are actually the flowers. Okay, I don't know if you can see that. These are white sage flowers. Mm. So the plant flowered, and if you like... Usually if you give herbs mm. a little squeeze and mm -hmm. just like a little gentle rub, like you just kind of caress them, but you give them a little squeeze, it actually releases the aromatic oils inside of the plant and then you can really like get the aroma. So what I've found is pretty much anywhere, but particularly here, these kinds of culinary and medicinal herbs, they're perennial, so they come back every year. And these are the kinds of things that really thrive in this context mm. because they don't require the same amount of water that things like tomatoes or um, certain melons or squashes require. And they also have like a heartier foundation in like how they grow mm -hmm. and so they can like make it through the wild winds and make it through all of the crazy sun and then they smell amazing mm -hmm. and they taste amazing and all of these are edible you can make teas with them you can cook with them you can make medicine with them so there's like a whole world of things which might be like a good kind of segue into the medicine mm -hmm. woman aspect mm -hmm. of the conversation yeah because um, I could talk about permaculture and growing stuff all day um, so if, you'll start your own podcast for that. Yeah. Right? Maybe. You should. Yeah. Just or a grow show. some shit. Yeah. That's the Do philosophy. Do a little YouTube show Yeah. Or just something, grow. You know? Just grow it. Just grow it. Yeah. Right. I had this idea, actually. I wanted to make, like, a theme song, and it was, like, taking that salt and pepper song, Let's Talk About Sex. Yeah. But turning it into, like, Let's Talk About Plants. Yeah. And so I had, like, my little, like, hip-hop groove going with, like, Let's Talk About Plants. <laughs> let's talk about you and, and me. me let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that we could be <laughs> let's talk about plants let's talk about plants <laughs> <laughs> exactly because <laughs> i love talking about plants real quick did you go to school for this i did not go to school for this no i went to school or I mean, there's life school, and yes. then there's, like, going to college school. Because I knew you went to college school, right? Yeah, I yeah. did go to college school. Because okay. <laughs> I just never knew what you went to college school for. Yeah, I went to college school at UC Berkeley, and I... She went to a fancy school. I went to fancy school for smarty pants. Yeah. Um, 
And I majored in art history mm. and Italian language. Oh, so that's how you ended up in Italy? Yeah, so okay. that's how I ended up in Italy. Okay. And, um, you know, it's interesting about that kind of side note of life is that in Italy there was this interesting kind of life study that I found myself in because they use a lot more of these herbs in like a much more intentional way than we do in America. Mm. And in Italy there still exists like the notion of the apothecary. Like in Italy and France, like there's kind of like this apothecary meets pharmacy culture that's still like really part of their culture. And they drink what they call tisane, which are like herbal teas. But it's like, it's interesting because it's really integrated more into like their daily life. Mm. Like I found myself living there and, and, you know, spending time with Italians. And I was like, oh, my tummy hurts. And they'd be like, oh, you need a tisane with fennel and chamomile. And it was like they knew more about like how to use these plants in our daily lives and in this like nourishing way mm -hmm. rather than just like reaching for the an over-the-counter medicine or you know so it was interesting because there's a lot more also in their food where they really like respect and honor the plant mm -hmm. and it's like if you're gonna use basil like you use basil and you make it shine in the food and you don't use like a bunch of other spices that cover it up it's like they have this respect for what each plant brings mm -hmm. and they just work with them a lot more even in this like contemporary time than you do here or you can go into the pharmacy and talk to someone and they will give you like an herbal remedy in a different way mm -hmm. where here it's kind of like this is over here and this is over here and um, you know you don't go to like Rite Aid or CVS and get some you know chamomile blend I mean you can find the tea but what I mean is like you don't go the in actual the medicine yeah. section is like not not that yeah. yeah yeah so let me ask you then were you into this before you went to Italy or did Italy like spark this hmm. in you to kind of cultivate this mm, path like go into that direction yeah it's an interesting question um I think I've kind of always been connected to the plants and like loving like growing things and playing with the earth like even as a child I loved like making mud holes and mm -hmm. <laughs> I'd like dig in the backyard and like pour water in and like squish the mud and I like I loved that feeling of like uh, of the earth mm -hmm. and some of my like favorite memories as a child was actually like planting little gardens with mm. my mom and she didn't necessarily like grow a ton of food or culinary herbs or medicine herbs but she always loved the flowers and you know there were a couple times we like planted strawberries and some lettuces and some kind of you know, easier things to grow, and I just always loved doing that with her. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the Italy experience, you know, was this, it was kind of this beginning point of cleaning up some of the, like, American elements from my life. Mm -hmm. Like, I stopped drinking soda when I lived there, 
because it was expensive and also just like why Mm -hmm. you know and I I, like I stopped eating fast food when I lived there and I started because it's not expensive but it's like why yeah exactly (laughs) because it's like why would I eat that when I could eat this amazing Italian goodness of just like the simplest things you know Mm -hmm. and just the the approach of simplicity and freshness and all these elements like I've always loved food and so I think the food and herbs and the food and medicine and actually food as medicine and using medicine as food those are like really core themes in my life and Mm -hmm. Italy definitely um definitely had a big influence and impact on on that and just like oh it's that it's so simple like it can just be so simple Mm -hmm. like it's not some crazy weird thing to like after dinner you brew this tea and the tea has plants in it that help you digest and that just makes sense and that's what we do and it's like oh this is simple you know Mm -hmm. and um and thankfully you know I come from a mother who really didn't want to like give us a bunch of medicine like Mm -hmm. she wasn't completely anti you know like she wasn't totally against giving medicines from the doctor when needed Mm -hmm. but you know it was like the go-to first was the sleepy time tea or the go-to first was the chamomile or you know looking for more natural options to start with and then like if we need the bigger Mm -hmm. stuff then you know, we'll take it. And I also come from women who love to cook. And my dad likes to cook too. Um, but like my grandmother, she cooked for herself and just cooked every day. Wow. Like it was just like food is so important, but it was always like good food and homemade food and Mm -hmm. not like boxed stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, really looking at what is food and what's Mm non-food and actually when I was a kid my mom like she'd say that's non-food like like those like lunchables and like those kinds of kid friendly already packaged packaged, ready to go yeah no no that was like not gonna happen so the shamans that I was with this last weekend in Anawa um I just got tripped up there because this is actually will be coming out weeks later. So yeah. like a month ago, right? Um, they they really hammered in a lot of different ones in their teachings about us really needing to be more mindful of where does our food come from yeah. and who's preparing the food mm. and where is the food being grown and like because of even the energetic exchange yeah. that's happening in your food and also the quality mm. of the food. So even though you think you might be eating some good veggies, but they're in a not nutrient-rich soil Mm -hmm. or they're GMO or that, you know what I mean? So they were really hammering in the importance of that. Yeah. And the, some of them were really doing some really beautiful teachings about coca leaves and how there's actually many varieties of the coca plant, not just the one that you make cocaine from. Mm -hmm. And the medicinal properties of it and how just they're really actually trying to get it legal Hmm. because of the like laundry list of things that actually if we ate coca leaf every day, like for women, it would just like cure osteoporosis. Hmm, Interesting. And just, I don't even remember like 
all mm-hmm. the things they list, but they were just like going on and on and yeah. on of how important even just us putting like coca leaves back into our diet, mm. it just naturally will just boost and enhance and right. cure different things that we're depleted of yeah. because we're not getting the proper nutrients from these dead foods or genetically modified foods or, mm-hmm. you know, or then also you go to a restaurant and I've been really mindful of this lately because I worked in restaurants for over 20 years is, you know, if the chef's in a bad mood that day oh yeah, that makes and everyone's angry or let's say they're drug addicts or let's mm-hmm. say they're alcoholics or mm-hmm. let's say whatever and they're preparing this food yeah. in a very low vibrational state and or angry state mm-hmm. and then you're ingesting that energy. Yeah. You're, you're taking on that vibration. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, it's really important. And it's like I said, it's like, there's all of these relationships. So what I was talking about before with the garden and and these exchanges of energy, that's like one element that is part of this huge like chain of events you know Mm -hmm. and like you were saying um you know the energy of the person preparing the food and then the energy that the food absorbed in transportation to that place and to that other place and then then you you're not even at the where was it grown Mm -hmm. and who grew it and how was it grown and what kind of seed is it and there's so many elements of influence um that really, you know, does have an impact on our bodies, on our spirits, on our our energy levels, you know. And so for me, it's like I would love for everyone to grow their own food or at least just grow something mm-hmm. um, that you actually eat, that you actually mm. not just, you know, I mean, grow some, grow something. Like, <laughs> I'm all just for grow it. Grow something. Grow, grow some basil, grow, grow some, some rosemary, just something. Yeah. And that's actually really cool to think of. Yeah, something that you grew, you put your energy into, and you're And then you bring consuming. it into your body. Mm-hmm. And then you start to understand what this relationship and exchange is. Because, you know, everything in the universe is in a continuous state of communication. Mm-hmm. And so our energies are melding here and we have the plants present here and their energies are in communication and we're in this dynamic exchange and all we have the Maley over there we have Maley here just anchoring in that delicious groundedness mm-hmm. you know so there's a ton of ways to use the plants in your daily life um, and there's a ton of options that exist And I just am a big believer in, like, just start somewhere. Start somewhere. Start with what you love. Like, you don't have to reach for something that you've never heard of that's from some faraway continent that has nothing to do with, like, your daily life. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's important, too. Like, and also not just growing your own food and medicine, but starting to step out of this, like, separation paradigm that, a lot of western modern culture lives in like you don't ever not ever I don't want to say ever but you rarely encounter something in its whole state you Mm -hmm. know it's like you go and you get your like packaged thing you don't even know what rice looks like growing in 
it's natural. Oh my element. gosh, you know, like forever, I didn't know what cranberry looked like. Yeah, and it's not. And then one time, like I saw like a cranberry field, and I was like, no shit. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like we really don't. Yeah. I think it actually until. Do you remember Farmville at all? Did you ever Did you ever see that on, on Facebook? No. This is like over a decade ago. Oh, was like that a the super game? Long, dumb game on Facebook, oh, oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. fifteen okay. years ago, right. right? Farmville. It wasn't until like I played Farmville because I got really <laughs> stupidly into it. I actually quit playing it when one night I was waiting for something to harvest and I like fell asleep with my hands on my laptop. And then I woke up and I was like, oh, oh this is not good. This is this is because I was like in competition to like right. grow my farm better. No, but did I really actually understand how some things actually like grew and mm-hmm. what they grew on like oh that's a that that's a mm-hmm. that's actually a tree like no shit that was a that's a tree oh and the, you know mm-hmm. where like you just don't even think to i knew how rice grew though because of something growing up watching something where they're like in boats in these harvesting from yeah the rice patties like, yeah from some yeah. show or something i was yeah. watching but yeah a lot of other stuff i had no idea yeah like really no idea yeah and it's just this like it there's this really big disconnection between not just where our food comes from but how does it grow and what is it really like what do you and then what do you do with it and then understanding all these layers to it and um you know so for me some of what I feel really called to supporting just people in general but particularly like women and mothers and you know the those of us who nourish others and there's a lot of men who do nourish others in all kinds of ways and amazing chefs and mm-hmm. fathers who cook for their kids and you know really there's so many layers to it but i just feel really called to like getting people connected again to what's real mm-hmm. and what's real is that experience of of actually doing it but then also taking like the real the whole thing and then, you know, it's like you can take this piece of lavender flower, you know, and then but getting connected to like, how does it grow? And how does it like also looking at its form and its shape can also give you insight into what it's good for or what mm. you can use it for. Wow. And there's actually this beautiful principle in nature about the doctrine of signatures is what it's called and it talks about how every plant has a signature in its shape and its form that actually gives us an indication of what it can be used for Mm. which is a really cool way of starting to just get connected with what grows around you getting connected with what you grow getting connected with what you eat I mean you can do this even with like the food you eat every day like taking a tomato right or this lemon verbena and like if you look underneath how it has this really strong spine Mm -hmm. and then it has these branches that step off of the spine Mm -hmm. right and it looks like nerves Mm -hmm. and it looks like so this plant actually is really good for the nerves for the nervous system oh wow whoops i've seen those things like i don't know if you can be able to kind of see it yeah you can see it there so, and you can that, see in the, the shape, sta- the, the, what did you call it? it, it this is the stem, but this yeah, but is part of the leaf structure. But you called it a spine. Oh, like a spine. spine. Yes, exactly. 
and then this would be like the nerves coming out right going on the side and for circulation so Mm. like our veins have a similar structure or like the nerves have a similar structure have you seen those pictures like they've kind of floated around on like instagram and stuff how they'll like cut open something and then they'll show that the inside of that looks exactly like a body part exactly yeah exactly that's exactly what it is so it's like your food is a reflection the food itself in its form is a reflection of what it's good for and it's the same with herbs and the same with plants and in all forms trees everything so like the tomato is just something that's very like easy for people to visualize that red color let's say it's a red tomato and the shape of it is often similar to like the heart structure Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of lycopene in tomatoes which is really good for the heart and then when you open it it has kind of like a brain kind of thing to it Mm -hmm. and then it's got all those little seeds and often when you see that kind of like juicy fleshy lots of seeds structure inside of something that you actually eat the seeds of it is often good for the reproductive system Mm. Or, like, where we have our seeds in our body. And there's other elements where you, you know, I've seen some of those pictures are super cool. So cool. Super cool. So just, like, shifting the conversation. Like, what am I eating? But also just starting to, like, just slow it down and, like, interact with it. And, like, whether it's your food or it's your your herbs. You know, a lot of people, like... They get these powders and these mixes. And I'm not anti-powder mixy stuff, but you still don't actually see what you're taking. Right. So it's all ground up. There's no relationship. Mm -hmm. It's like kind of the convenience, the health convenience mentality um, where people are just like, I got to get it in me and I got to like, you know, I'm boosting my system and I'm just going to pour this scoop in and I'm just going to like chug it down. And personally, like, in my body, those things don't often sit well. Because it's like... Sit well with me it's like fucking information overload. Yeah. Is kind of how I describe it. Because it's like, there's too many things mm-hmm. in that scoop. I've taken a green, like a multi-green powder. Mm-hmm. So Arbon would make this one. It's like greens, but then there's reds and greens and yellows. And... L- Every single, I'm like, I know this is supposed to be so good, but every single time I would drink it, my stomach would just blow up like a balloon and hurt. And I would be so like gas pains. Mm -hmm. Like it wouldn't even like come out. It would just be like in this like bubble. Mm. And it was like, I couldn't figure it out because I'm like, I know this is healthy, but that must be like sensory overload. Like it was too much for the system and it just like would whack out over it. Mm. Yeah. I'm really glad that you shared that and you also shared it as an experience because I've had that experience and I think it's not just us and it even happens sometimes with like multivitamins Mm -hmm. or certain supplements that just there's too many things going on Mm -hmm. at once and it's like your body doesn't know what to do Mm -hmm. with all of those things at the same time and it often results in like gut bomb Mm -hmm. or like stomach ache or the body will literally be like, ah, I don't know what to do with this, and just flush it out, and mm. you just, like, pee out most of what it, you're taking. Right. Because the uptake and the ability to actually assimilate all mm-hmm. of those healthy elements are gone. Mm-hmm. Because it's just too many things at once. It's like listening to a conversation, and 15 different languages are being spoken, mm-hmm. and, and it's just, like, 
the system will actually mm-hmm. shut down. Or even too many conversations in a room, mm-hmm. and then you're just like, you right, have right. to turn it off because mm-hmm. you can't even like talk to the person right. in front of you because everyone that's talking around it just like that's what happens to me. Right, and so yeah. that's why, like one at a time, or this this philosophy of like as close to the origin as possible. Mm. That's kind of a principle that I apply to pretty much everything. pretty much everything but specifically with my food like Mm -hmm. I try personally to I cook almost every day at least one meal but even if I'm buying something that's kind of like pre-made I try to keep it to under 10 ingredients Mm. per thing five is better and the only things that get a little trickier like baked goods because in baking you kind of like you need more ingredients to actually make a cake Mm -hmm. but even then I try to keep everything that I eat to its actual source element so it's like even if I buy cookies the cookies I buy the ingredients are like butter sugar salt cinnamon eggs Mm -hmm. it's not like Mono, dio, poly, glisso. What about like z- what is xanum gum or xanthum? I try to gum? stay away from yeah gums. I try to. I can't even. My body doesn't even like stevia. Oh, my body hates stevia. It's like ugh. because again, it's stevia, but it's like a synthesized version oh. of stevia, and stevia is actually a plant. Yes, and it's a green leafed plant. Mm-hmm. And when I grew some. And I ate the leaf, I had a different response than when I've taken, like, the, you know, powdered form. One of my friends, she is obsessed with beans that she makes, but she does a whole process where she sprouts them, or she, like, I don't know, she, like, sprouts them, them. then soaks them, then does this, and it's, like, an hours and hours and hours long, and she's like, I can eat those beans and not get a stomach ache, not get gassy, Mm -hmm. and, like, just, they just, like, fill my body but then if I were to go to, like, let's say a Mexican restaurant and have some beans there, she's mm-hmm. like, it's just, like, a total shit show reaction yeah. in her body. Yeah. Just That's because really of how she mm-hmm. does the process of preparation to mm-hmm. them and not just throwing them in a pan. And right. I don't know how to make beans, but boiling. <laughs> Even Do you know how many pan- pots? <laughs> ask me. Ask me how many pots of water I've burnt on my stove and let sit there for, like, literally hours just burning. I've had to throw away so many pots. There's, like, this Facebook group, like, um, where you can ask for things in your neighborhood or give them away for mm-hmm. free, and I legitimately need to go on there and be like, does anyone have any extra pots? Because the other day I burnt water for an hour and 45 minutes. You just let it boil away, and it I was I totally just... forgot I was doing mm-hmm. such... One day I was out having conversations on the street walking Maley, and then in the middle of it I was like, holy shit, I'm boiling water! <laughs> So I I really, that's my problem is like I, my friends and I found the seed to this. Mm. I I really don't enjoy cooking and Mm. I just don't enjoy being in the kitchen. Mm. Like now I do for, for Maylee, like in making her food and it takes me like five hours. So I have a whole new appreciation for people Mm. cooking like Thanksgiving meal. Like this is so much and it's Mm. just a lot. But the joy that she has from me cooking for her Mm. and the way it's changed her body Mm. has been, like, really amazing. And her appreciation to me every time she eats her food. Like, one time she came, like, I fed her and then I went back into my bathroom and was peeing. And she came in 
like crying oh and just like mm, like so, so happy cute. and she just everyone's like she has so much more energy yeah but like for me I don't know what it is I really haven't found I don't know maybe it's because I just like live alone mm-hmm. and like I, I don't know I just I really I want to be able to but I don't really enjoy I guess I just like really don't really know what I'm doing mm I don't think I really enjoy cooking that much for myself. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I go like, I forget to eat. And then when I'm finally hungry, like I'm so starving. I don't have the patience, the patience or time to like, then I'm like, Oh my God, it's going to be another how long till I can finally like, and you're like, okay, let me just grab something. And, and like during the pandemic, I sauteed a lot of vegetables and then here I always bring my one dish that's my yeah. famous dish. Yes. But now that hurts my stomach, so I don't make it anymore. <laughs> well, I was actually thinking about this um, as we were kind of leading up to the conversation that, uh-huh. like, I would love to teach you some cooking love. And it's not just, like, technique. Yeah. It's, like, finding the yummy. Like, yeah. So removing the element of, like, it's a chore mm-hmm. and it's like a have to because I just I love it like I've I've always loved cooking I even as a little kid you know my mom was always like having us be involved in the cooking process see and this is where my <coughs> friends and I kind of like unearthed is that my mom just always seemed like really like it, it was just so stressful to do it all right mm. like there was never this like feeling of like the family gets together and the joy and the it was just kind of like more of like a chore that mm. seems stressful. Mm. Like I love baking. Okay. And I would go bake with my grandmother like all the mm. time. I'd go down to her house when we lived in northern Minnesota. Like we lived like just a couple houses down for them. And I really find joy in baking. Okay. But I think it's like doing laundry. Okay. You just put it together and then you put it in the thing and okay. then you set a timer and then it's done. Okay. So we can take that and turn it to savory Mm -hmm. because there's a ton of things that you can do where it's like just get all your elements together and Mm -hmm. your yummy flavors and put it all in a thing and then stick it in the oven and then put a timer on so you don't like go disappear and then it's like how you'd bake a cake but approaching like savory food and like veggie food so it's like I definitely need that time yeah timer (laughs) Well, what I found is in working... I'll even run the bathtub sometimes to, like, wash a rug. Yeah. And start filling it up and walk away. Mm. And then completely forget that so I was... So there's a, a water element disconnect. Yeah, what... Oh, ooh, mm, a water okay. element disconnect. Yeah, there's something about, like, water... I love water, though. You can love water, but are you... There's something that's maybe that out of sight, out of mind kind of thing about mm. tending to it mm. like if you put water on and you disappear and it burns the pot because it just all boiled away then you're not like staying present present I think to it's like the element but that's what I feel like because when you're really talking about like with the cooking and the medicinalness and the herbs and the things that you can like combine them together so you're eating things that are really nourishing and like I kind of was saying earlier about like preventative, but we want to get away from that wording. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or like main, main, maintenance, right? right? But we want to get away from that wording. But in really encompassing like kind of what you experienced in Italy, right? Of just like putting the yumminess into the food of these medicinal things mm-hmm. that kind of help keep everything in 
flow. Yeah. Right. And, and harmony. Um, balance is like really important. Is, is maybe it, it, the disconnect is the disconnection of like living in a city, having a faster lifestyle, right? Not tending to a garden or the mm. herbs and like slowing it down and creating mm. the relationships. Yeah. And I think it's really just, yes, being present, but also like really slowing down and just being mindful and just being mindful throughout mm-hmm. your day, yeah. right? Because when you're mindful, you'll say hi to the plants. You'll, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Be right. present to I'm boiling water or right. bringing ritual into life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important. Yeah. Yeah, this notion of, of present time and slow time mm-hmm. and is really, it's like it's earth time. <laughs> it's really... And like really listening. So yeah. w- one of the shamans was talking about Instead of just like, you know, that we call this lavender, right? Mm. Is going and sitting with this plant where you grow it, Mm. right? And go into meditation with it. Yes. And ask it what its name is. Yes. I love it. Yes. And it might not be lavender. We just went with the agreement that we called it lavender. Mm -hmm. But maybe it has a different name for you, Mm -hmm. right? And just coming back to that connection that we don't reach to the programming we re- we 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 really like hone in and, mm. and and speak to these things Directly. in that they are alive and they do have a voice and they have yes. spirit and they have essence think, yes yeah. but we've been so disconnected mm-hmm. right yeah so yeah that's so important it's just like it's it's like becoming like coming back to like the lost knowledge of us yes like us with the earth us with the plants and mm-hmm. uh, Maylie's changed my whole life in that of I've had cats and they've been amazing I've had some really really awesome intelligent cats but there was something of, and I've had a bird and I've had a rabbit a couple rabbits but there was something about when Maylie came into my life she mm-hmm. opened me up in a way that I legitimately see Maylie in everything like in, I don't kill spiders in my house anymore. Mm. I actually let them run around my mm. house. Sometimes I capture them and put them back outside. I, I, I have a hard time. Like I just see everything even more, but I did when I was little too, that everything had, I would talk to like everything, even mm-hmm. like inanimate object objects. Like right. I would like talk to this cup. Right. <laughs> um, but I just like s- see things as really, Having so much, like, we're just so programmed that animals, oh, it's just an animal. Oh, mm. that's just a piece of grass. Oh, that's just, and we, mm. we've we been taught to just run over it or push it to the side mm. or not pay attention to it or mm-hmm. not communicate with it, right? Yeah. So, like, our disconnection further and further and further and further away from these yeah. things. And one thing recently that, well, there's been a few things on my path, so. Have you read the book, The Secret Life of Plants? No, I haven't. Is it like I, I gotta? Okay, so beautiful. I've had it suggested to me okay. before, and um, it talked about. I'm only halfway through it. Okay. I got distracted away from it, and I started it like a couple years ago now. But just that much, and maybe that's all I needed was to bite off that part mm-hmm. and sit with it for a really long time, mm-hmm. and then go back for whatever more pieces right. there are. Right. But just how like in the communication of plants that if you angrily were to go out there to your garden and like hack a plant, Mm. that trauma is 
fed to all the other plants. And then when you were to go back to your garden, your plants are going to like shy away from you. And mm-hmm. they're going to tell mm-hmm. each other plants that that one is a bad one. Yeah. Yeah. There's. Then if you're to so go and commune that, and be yeah. like, hey, can I pick you? Hey, can yes, whatever. Yes. And you do it lovingly. Mm-hmm. Then the plants are going to be like, oh, she's the good one. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And then, I mean, and then those plants that you're in relationship with or that ha- they have that intelligent awareness too, like just getting back to not just knowing that, but experiencing it. So there's this, you know, I can know that the plant is alive, but to experience that life essence energy of the plant is like a whole other experience. Mm -hmm. And in that notion, actually, there was this really interesting study I heard about years ago where they did this kind of um, energetic, like electromagnetic imaging of plants. And so they did an electromagnetic image of the plant as a whole plant right and then they came in and the guy took a pair of scissors and he cut off part of the plant and removed it and then they did an electromagnetic imaging of the plant after it was cut and those pieces were still in the image but they were lighter so it was right so it was like it was like the ghost of that part of the plant was still in the electromagnetic field of the plant so that was like one side and then they took the study further and further and they found that plants will actually emit a sound vibration Mm -hmm. when they feel that they're being threatened and so the guy with the scissors took the scissors and set the mental intention of cutting the plants and the plant emitted a sound that's not like detectable to our ears but it's a vibrational sound Mm -hmm. And the plant actually emitted a sound like as if it was alerting the other plants. They talk about all this in that in book, that book. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. there's like so many elements of how, you know, you could track or um, capture these communication forms like scientifically with all the mumbo jumbo. But what you were talking about that these elders were sharing this ancient like centuries old practice of communication with the plants and of that's like a really big part of my life at this point you know when I harvested these beautiful flowers and herbs to bring into our space today when I went to these plants plants that I planted plants that I grow plants that I have a deep connection with when I approached these plants I said hello first like I literally sometimes out loud but mostly inside but I often out loud will say hello sister hello friend look at you and I'll actually have a moment of like celebrating its existence and also just like wow look at you you're doing so good you're growing and like oh look at this flower and then the bee will come in and I'm like hello bee friend like I'm bringing you food and and I acknowledge its existence, its beauty, and I also acknowledge its intelligence. Mm -hmm. So um, in this case, I was gathering a beautiful bouquet to bring into this space, and I will thank the plant for its wholeness before I take from it. Mm -hmm. And in the process of taking from it, I will ask permission, and this is particularly important 
when it comes to specifically also plants that you don't grow. Mm. So in my garden, in my relationships that I've cultivated and the trust that I have with them, it's a bit different. So it doesn't feel as required because I am in relationship with them and I am aware of this reciprocity that we're creating together but I will often tell them what I'm harvesting them for and this is like Mm. even when I'm like I'm making dinner the other night and I wanted some rosemary to like saute my zucchini with and I was like hello sister I need just a little bit for my rosemary and it's gonna just like I need just a bit of the rosemary I need just a bit of you for my zucchini. And I literally like told <laughs> told the plant, I was like, you're going to be part of my dinner, you know? And when I'm using plants medicinally for like a specific ailment or a specific person, in my process of harvesting, I will tell the plant what I'm going to use it for. And I will ask for its support. Mm. And I will actually like go to the white sage and I'll say, hello, sister. I need your help. Will you help me? Will you support me? I'm feeling like, let's just say someone was having like a breathing issue or they were having congestion in their lungs. I would say this is for James's lungs. He's Mm -hmm. feeling really tight. Will you help me open his lungs? Mm -hmm. Will you lend your medicine? Will you offer your intelligence to his body? in order to support his healing. And I sometimes get super, super, super specific because I really do believe that that intelligence is there. And just even with that study of like, you cut a piece and the echo of its energy Mm -hmm. is still present in the whole plant, when you then put that inside of your body, that energy, that vibration, that echo is what also we're bringing in. Mm -hmm. And there's still connection there's Mm -hmm. always connection like everything is connected and every plant every tree every bird every bee like everything is connected and we are an ecosystem Mm -hmm. like our bodies are ecosystems and then there's this greater web of life ecosystem that we're a part of but even in the note in the case where like let's say you just don't have a garden you're not going to grow a garden you can bring that intelligence into like how you look at your own body Mm. like this is my garden Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we were talking with some sisters uh like a couple weeks ago we were doing this like embodiment practice Mm -hmm. and and one of the journaling prompts was to write about how do we feel about the the idea of like the body as a temple Mm -hmm. and I wasn't like as lit up by that I actually I was we actually talked about this in a past podcast because before my friend and I got on there I was like and then this thing about the you know I was like when I was young and the body is a temple and like she's like that's really funny because my old healing business used to be called like body temple healing (laughs) right but I was like going on this whole tangent but I couldn't sometimes when things came to me when I was young and they felt really cliched in its and there wasn't really much behind it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, great, your body's your temple. Right. But what does, what does that, that mean? mean? And, and, and uh, Yeah, exactly. And if I'm in self-hatred or body dysmorphia mm-hmm. or, like, do you know what I mean? Or, or if you just such have in no your pain sense. body. Yeah. Or, yeah, there's no, like, 
connection that means nothing and it just sounds like some bullshit cliche thing that mm-hmm. your parent tells you or some new age notion of yeah like, that's like oh. Ooh. yeah yeah and how what it wants from us is what i get out of saying my body is a garden mm. or my body is an ecosystem mm-hmm. or my body is part of this greater web of life like mm-hmm. It's really I about to say greater web of lies. <laughs> no, in this greater web of lies. No, because no. <laughs> um, that gets me into this like, oh, I am a gardener. I'm tending. I'm mm-hmm. I'm giving. I'm nourishing. Respecting. You're in reciprocity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. the more you give to your body, it mm-hmm. will give to you. The more you don't give to your body, then your ailments start, and then mm-hmm. it starts reacting because you're not listening to it so it's trying to get your attention Mm -hmm. right and the garden teaches presence like you were saying about Mm -hmm. Maylee like she has because she is a living being and she isn't a human using words and communication to cover up what's really happening in real time and Mm -hmm. like present time she exists in present time Mm -hmm. the garden exists in present time mm-hmm. the garden isn't like oh my god last year when that person said blah 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 and now I'm not going to grow for you you know the garden yeah. <laughs> last year when you looked at me like that, right. when, me that. when my tomatoes were out <laughs> I'm not giving you tomatoes this year yeah punishment right and it's not just the prayer space and the like because I have the intention of growing a garden, that I'm going to have a garden. Yeah. Like, you got to do the work. The work. And I you got to show it's, up. Yeah, it goes in even in your own temple. If, like, you want to <clears throat> become a more happier, enlightened being, you have to, like, go in and till the soil and mm-hmm. dig up the dirt and yeah. unearth yourself and go through the process and wait and grow and wait yeah. and grow and water and water and water, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and understand where your elements are in excess or in detriment or, like, in lack. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so many layers to that conversation. That's probably a whole other conversation. But there's something there is. Go on, and then there's something I wanted to tell you about that's really interesting to mm. this part. So, water element. Mm-hmm. Let's bring that in. Mm. Don't let me boil it. <laughs> Totally. Well, in that place of like body as the garden and the ecosystem and doing the work and like if I'm too earthy and too grounded and too slow, it's like people will literally say like you need to light a fire under your ass, you know, or like there's even just these ways of just common phrasing, but Mm -hmm. it's also, you know, where are your elements, where are your what do you have an abundance of and what are you missing you know i'm fire you are even though i was born earth um santos and i realized during a medicine journey that Mm. actually my element is fire Mm. so it makes sense that i just constantly burn the water yeah you just you let your fire your fire light my fire and your fire goes a little too much but that was like big that was big for me because I realized where in life like like yes I do it to spark ideas and I get people off their butts and I kind of like come and like you know Mm -hmm. work my little like fiery magic on things Mm -hmm. and bring energy in Mm -hmm. but then 
like I kind of like equated it to a, like a, a baby rattlesnake that doesn't know it's a rattlesnake, so it just goes around hurting people and mm. things and animals because it's like ah, right. right. Like so I was going around, but also starting fires mm. and lighting things on fires and blowing stuff up mm. because I didn't understand my element and what to do with it. Mm. And then also what came with that was learning. I, I I'm not good at fasting, and we realized in that that moment because then we played the alchemy game around the fire that it totally dawned on me as I was looking at the fire eating the wood right to keep a fire going you yeah you, I eat one big meal a day and then I have little snacks hmm. so it's like I do best when and everyone be like you're just such a little bird you're like whatever I'm like mm. no I if I don't keep my fire like slightly tended to mm, yes I burn out mm, and I completely like flatline so I'm like you like you know it could be like I'll I'll eat a big dinner I'll eat a big there's somewhere mm, in the day you I have need to tend to your fire but throughout the day I need like like when we just went inside mm-hmm. I just saw I was like getting a little hungry and I just saw some nuts so I just mm-hmm. like grabbed a little bit of nuts and then that keeps me going mm-hmm. until I have like my one big meal of the day whatever it is mm-hmm. but that was really interesting too to figure out that to right. put that with in in relationship to how. I eat or what nourishes my body really well right. where like Santos is air and he can do totally fine with fasting hmm. interesting he can, he needs like light and right, he needs, right, right. you know what I mean right and that's what's most nourishing for his body mm-hmm. and that's actually a really important piece that I think um, is important to to touch on is that we are an ecosystem and we're all unique mm-hmm. and we all have different needs at different times in different seasons and seasons of our life and also cycles and seasons throughout the year. And I find like the more connected and in touch with the earth I become and the food that I grow and the medicine and all of these just earth elements and the more aware I am of those cycles and seasons in my body and also eating seasonally will mm-hmm. often give you more of what you need in that time of year because right now it's summer, it's hot, it's like you don't want all of that really heavy, heavy food in you and the earth gives us all of this like juicy, fruity, like peaches and nectarines and the melons mm-hmm. and the tomatoes cucumbers. and cucumbers mm-hmm. and all these like summer squashes and these lighter, you know, the watery. sweet corn and it has like watery, mineral mm-hmm. rich, like full of the vitamins and things we need right now. And so it's like the earth offers to us exactly what we need all the time Mm -hmm. and um, the more in touch I get with those cycles and seasons the more I shift the way that I eat throughout the year and there's just you know this perpetual question that actually one of my uh, master herbalist teachers would always ask in class and she was just amazing and she brought this kind of like mantra question to us all the time and it's something that's really helped me guide my life moving forward and that question is what would be most nourishing right now and so that question can be applied to food but it can also be applied to like our emotional needs 
or our spiritual needs Mm -hmm. or not just on a physical level Mm -hmm. of nourishment, but like when we find ourselves frazzled or at an edge or feeling uncomfortable or feeling pushed and stretched, slowing it down and just asking this question, what would be most nourishing right now? Mm -hmm. And, And being willing to maybe let go of the schedule for a moment or let go of like what we think Mm-hmm. we need to be doing mm-hmm. and actually get to this place of present time right now. And mm-hmm. it can be, you know, sometimes it's a really simple answer where I'm like, what would be most nourishing right now is taking a shower. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be most nourishing right now would be actually calling my mom and like reaching out to someone who knows and loves me, you know, and, It can be taking a walk. It can be so many things. And that's actually something that, um, you know, you asked earlier, you know, what were like these things that brought me into this like way of life and this. And one of the things that really like got me really into plants and working with the plants were essential oils Mm. and essences um, and brain fart. (laughs) Like, uh, and, um, and essences Mm -hmm. because essential oils are a really great, like travel option and something that can travel with you and be used like really quick in these like super fast moments Mm -hmm. that maybe you're not able to like boil the water and brew the tea and drink the tea and slow down enough to, you know, have that full experience Or maybe you don't cook that often. And so for me, like as an herbalist and an alchemist, I want to meet you where you are, Mm -hmm. you know? So maybe if I hand you a bunch of herbs and I want you to cook with them and you don't really cook, I'm like kind of at an impasse, right? Mm -hmm. I just want to get them in you. Mm -hmm. I want to get them in you. I want to get them on you. I want to start supporting you in building this relationship Mm -hmm. where you start to familiarize yourself and get comfortable, but where you also start to build trust Mm -hmm. because that's something that is really important that I feel has been lost in a lot of our modern ways Mm -hmm. is this ability of trusting the mother. And when I say the mother, I mean mother earth. I mean, trusting that she has everything that we need Mm -hmm. and she gives so freely and abundantly and with so much love and if we're awake enough to recognize that and open enough to be like hello plant Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know I would love to know more about you Mm -hmm. um I need some help with uh my skin and I would love to explore how we can have this relationship you know um but I also look at what are you really going to do you know And for me, one of those first things that I got into that I felt like I could take anywhere with me, I could carry my little essence pack, and I had my three or four, like, favorite essences of the moment, and I would just always have them with me, so no matter what was going on, where I was, whether I was at work, or I was traveling, or I'm in the car, and I'm in traffic, and I'm like, ugh, you know? I could reach for the plants, Mm -hmm. and just bring in something to shift and what's really powerful about essential oils Mm -hmm. and um and we'll just kind of 
I think, wrap it up in this space and do actually a little experience. So what's really powerful about essences and essential oils is that they're highly, highly, highly concentrated. Mm -hmm. So, for example, this much plant material wouldn't fill even a tenth of this bottle. So the amount of plant essence and intelligence that is inside this little bottle is huge. Mm -hmm. And just as like mini side note, usually the more expensive the bottle, the more plant material is required to make it. So that's why like certain things cost 20 bucks (laughs) and some things cost 400 bucks um, is because it requires so much of the actual plant material to distill and then get into this bottle. So oftentimes people feel like, oh, they're being, you know, taken advantage of, but really it's the amount of like labor and volume. But the smell, the sense of smell Mm -hmm. is the fastest channel to the brain. Mm. So we have so much you know, there's all this work that we do to like change our mindset and change our thoughts and to change the way that we look at life and think about life and move through life. And actually essences are one of the fastest ways to change the conversation Mm. in the brain and also to change the mood and change the energy Mm. because the smell of something goes straight up. So it's a very interesting path and ability to shift so this is Mei Chang also known as Litsea Kubeba which is a fun word for its plant essence Um, so since we're winding down Mm -hmm. but we want that little spark back up Mm -hmm. this is a beautiful essence to awaken and to Mm. open Mm, right Mm -hmm. so I'm also kind of showing you how I like to apply them and just even it to rub your hands together and then just take a deep breath Mm. that's so yummy so yummy right so yummy it's like lemony and Mm -hmm. spicy and bright and it just it's like that refreshing but grounding yes Yes, refreshing, grounding. And for me, this one goes like right up and then opens. Mm-hmm. Whereas other ones might like drop me in deeper. This one goes right in. I like to do a little behind the neck rub because that also gets it right into the brain stem, helps kind of bring it oh, into your nervous massage. system, get a little self massage. And just like the essences, because it's a physical experience are just a really great way to bring the plant medicine in, but Mm -hmm. also get you back in your body Mm -hmm. and just like, okay, I'm touching, I'm loving, I'm nourishing myself. Um, Just even on that surface level, you know, I could talk for hours about what that specific essence does as far as its properties and what it helps you with. But even if you just know that it like, that it does and mm-hmm. you just start to build that trust mm-hmm. that, that relationship and that relationship and that conversation mm-hmm. so you know whether it's an essential oil or it's a plant like 
just as an invitation to people. Mm-hmm. Like, just pick something. Pick an essence that you love. Pick a tea that you love. Pick an herb that you, like, love the flavor of. Like, let's say basil. And just go get a basil plant. Or go get a bottle of basil essence. Mm-hmm. Or holy basil tea, right? So there's all these different ways that you can bring it in. And just make a commitment for a week to use it every day. Mm. And just bring in this into like your daily rituals, your daily practices and just, you know, just do it and just see what opens up and what that conversation can be and, you know, how to deepen that relationship and deepen that trust. And if you want to get all nerdy and be like, oh, I want something that helps me with this issue specifically Mm -hmm. and you kind of reverse it and you're like, oh, I have digestive issues So I want to find an herb that I can drink every day that's going to help me with digestion. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of options. Chamomile is great. Fennel seed is great. Um, Calendula is great. Ginger root is great. You know, there's all these different things that are really accessible. And you can kind of reverse it and, like, flip it around. Or you can just, like, whatever you're called to, you Mm -hmm. know. They're talking to you all the time. There is a relationship. And um, for some people, like my dad smells are too strong mm-hmm. like he's like don't put that essence on me you know yeah so with him i try to like get it in the food mm. you know because mm-hmm. he'll eat some amazing thing that i make that's full of herbs and be like this is delicious and i'm like haha i got the rosemary in yeah your food but you won't actually like put the essence on you know do you want to close us out with how you wanted to show the sage? Is that what you were yeah. going to? Yeah, Great. I was. I felt yeah. it. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Usually I do a sage or a clearing um, with what we call sacred smokes. Um, That's another at the beginning. podcast. That's another podcast. I usually do this at the beginning. Apparently we're going to have a lot of podcasts with Liza here unless she starts her own. <laughs> so we're just going to keep well, bringing her back with all, all of, of her beautiful yeah. knowledge. And all of the above. All of the yes. above. I mean, yes. I hope you can tell that. I love talking about all this stuff. I do. I love listening to yeah, all this stuff. Good. Yeah. And learning. I just I just love learning things and Yeah. Real quick, I wanted to say is um so Maley's like op- you know, Maley opened me up to this whole part of life and then I've started ever since I like got divorced and took over the apartment by myself, started introducing plants, mm. right? And now I have all my babies and I play them my Tibetan yeah. bowl every morning and say hi and And then I, like, if they start feeling crowded in their thing, I need to, like, it's really important for me to give them a bigger home. So I've gotten, like, really kind of this whole thing happening. But what has kind of bridged the gap for me to start paying attention is actually introducing, like, plant medicine journeys into my life. Hmm. And the communication through the even doing, like, a journey with peyote or psilocybin Hmm. or any of these plants and tapping into their intelligence and really sitting, like, not when you're young and just you know, whatever to get fucked up and doing it in ceremony and really Mm. intentional Mm. that has helped bridge. Not, I'm not saying that everyone needs to go do that, but it's like bridge something for me to really find a way to start listening and understanding how intelligent they are because Mm -hmm. of the experiences that I had. And Dr. Meladoma Somay, he's an African shaman. 
he in their culture they say that the plant kingdom is the most intelligent kingdom on earth mm. the animal kingdom is the next intelligent kingdom on earth and we are the third mm. we come yeah that they know so much more than we mm. have allowed ourselves to tap into yeah Anyway, sure. I just want to drop all that. No, I appreciate that because that's it away like with a yours. really good little bridge to, to closing things out. And also just to say that um, what you said about plant medicine um, and these really what we call like grandfather and grandmother plants, they are far more vocal and obvious in how they shift our consciousness and how they shift in our bodies you know if you eat psilocybin it's much more obvious mm -hmm. that there's been the prior to and after experience <laughs> in your body of what happens mm -hmm. but when you drink peppermint tea or chamomile or like these really common things they are doing that same work mm -hmm. and they have that power mm -hmm. to shift us in a less dramatic and obvious way, but no less potent. Mm, and that's what I just want to offer yeah. is that the potency of the intelligence of all of these plants isn't less because mm -hmm. you maybe feel it less. It's all in this same domain and you can actually... They're just not being a Karen. Right. They're just not like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? So the lavender is like, hi, honey. Yeah. What do you need? How can I help you? Yeah. You know? And that gentleness, that soft power is sometimes even more powerful because it's something you can work with every day. And there's something about every day that can be even more powerful than just these huge experiences yeah. that we have or mm -hmm. this like big medicine weekend mm -hmm. because I can work with this plant every day. I can develop this relationship every day mm -hmm. and I can nourish myself in a gentler way that perhaps has a greater impact on my vibration like over time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that ability to trust and feel safe can be cultivated even with, you know, sage and rosemary and lavender and oregano and these mm -hmm. things that we kind of think of as like a sprinkle that we put in our saute and then boom, you know. Yeah. Um, so one of the plants that a lot of people know about is white sage. And a lot of people say, I'm going to sage my space. I'm going to, like, I got to sage. And really what you're doing is you're clearing mm -hmm. and you're cleansing. And so I just offer this as an opportunity to people. Rather than saying saging, talk about the energy of cleansing and clearing and purification. Because that is the intention mm -hmm. that the plant helps us to actually execute. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that most people get a little sage bundle like this right and this is a lot of mm -hmm. sage most people take this bundle and they take a lighter and they light the end of it on fire and then it engulfs and it's like this amazing huge amount of sage and it burns really fast right so you don't need to do that in order to sage a space actually two or three leaves is really all that you need to clear like an average room and the other thing I just want to bring to consciousness of people is that 
white sage is native to Southern California and it doesn't grow in other places naturally. Like it's native to Southern California and it's actually over harvested. Mm. So it is a native plant that carries a long line of wisdom and it's very over harvested. So a way that we can actually pay respect to the plant um, with more honor and reverence is to be really mindful of how much we use. So I have a smudging bowl and in my smudging bowl I have my plant material. It's a stone bowl so it doesn't melt and it doesn't overheat. And what I will do is I will take this bundle and I will actually just break off a piece and put it in my bowl, break off a couple little pieces, right? And so I'm using the equivalent of like three leaves right now. And then I keep my bundle intact. I place it, you know, in a place on my altar so that the energy of the plant is present. And then I just light from mm. my bowl. And I use a lighter when I'm using leafy herbs and when I'm using resins or larger things like palo santo then I'll use a charcoal mm. and in this way we can we can bless our sister mm. we can bless this space we can bless ourselves and we just call in the spirit of white sage of this great teacher to cleanse to purify to clear any energies, elements, entities, presences that are unwelcome from this space, to give clarity to our word, protection, purification to our hearts, and to just say thank you thank for you. this medicine. Thank you. Thank you for this medicine. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And then you just can move that around oh and look at how much it's burning you know right and yeah. it's it's so much and yeah. that's really all you need um and it's a way to connect also so this is another thing if you're not into like drinking it and pouring it on you can burn sacred smokes um i work with dried lavender I use um, dried uh, cedar leaf or pine, or you can work with, um, I love rosemary, dried rosemary. So you can use a lot of different herbs, mm -hmm. um, palo santo, copal, frankincense, myrrh, mm -hmm. as far as resins. Um, there's a lot more than just sage, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of ways that you can work with sacred smokes um, like sweet grass is a beautiful way to call in like soft soothing loving energies so there's a lot of different ways to work with different sacred smokes and we can come back for that one I think we should come back for that one because yeah. I want to learn more about that yeah 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 I can do a sacred smokes and maybe some infusions or something like how to actually like go from this to this yeah and then go like this to this <laughs> to this yes to this mm. yes I also distill so beautiful yeah 
Well, thank you so much thank you for so hanging much. out with me in the Angel Room. Yes. One of our favorite places on the land. And we're going to go because her husband's playing in a show tonight and I have to yeah. transport him and myself to a house before we go there. So yes. this was really special and I love you. you. I love and you I'm glad too. we got to do this. Yes. Thank and you. And I will talk with you all again and yes. see you soon. And thank you to the plants. Thank you, plants. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yippee. Mm. Have a good day. <laughs>